Yeah, baby, we're fucking back. <laughs> we're fucking back. Like fuck it. Like all right. I know we took a little bit of a break. We did. We haven't been around in uh, in a couple weeks. And uh, as much as I want to apologize, at the same time, when I give you the reason, you'd be like, oh, yeah, fuck that. Don't apologize to us. What are you doing? What are you doing, you fucking piece of shit? Although I do feel like they ask themselves that every week. Like, every episode, I feel like they're just kind of like, what are you doing? Like, what are you... <laughs> but, so, I did want to go ahead and explain myself a little bit, just because you do deserve that. I enjoy you guys listening and everything. So, essentially what happened was, I had what is called mental health issues, uh, I, I mean, I could have recorded, don't get me wrong, I could have come in and just kind of like pushed through and powered through, but this show is all about the, the honesty side of things, the, the fun side of things. I don't want to come in and fucking, you know, do the whole cubicle nine to five Monday through Friday, get the fuck out of here. That's the whole point of doing the podcast mm-hmm. is to just be honest and just fucking, and I just feel like I would be faking it. You know what I mean? I'd be faking enthusiasm about your shows or anything like that. So fuck around. I'm not trying to do like that. those nights when David Letterman clearly didn't give a shit. Oh didn't yeah, be there. Which those nights that he them. was like he tried to touch an intern and she said no. You know those mm. nights. <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to go ahead and uh, make sure that you all knew that I didn't forget about you. I still love every fucking one of you. Uh, I really appreciate you guys still listening. I got messages actually, quite a few of them that were just kind of like, "Hey, so no episode this week, huh?" And I'm like. Nah, I'm bordering on suicidal, so I'm just going to go ahead and hang out at home. And <laughs> but, like, I had employment issues. I had mental health issues. Um, obviously, my relationship and my home are strong, so that's, well, that wasn't an issue or anything like that. But it was just, as anyone out there with mental health issues will tell you, you don't get to choose when this shit happens. So nope. Your brain just wakes up that morning and it's like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> Danger. Just, Danger. Danger. <laughs> but. I decided that what we were going to do is when we came back, I was going to have a guest that was going to make up for that and someone who would understand mental health issues as well, Mr. Lucas DeWitty. How you doing, brother? Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Recovered from one last night myself. Yeah, right, dude. And that's the thing is that it's like you can't even determine how long they're going to be. No. You're just kind of like, oh, so fuck me today. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I, like, I woke up with like crippling back pain yesterday oh, for yeah. a myriad of reasons. But like literally on a good day, my left leg is either numb. It's numb on a good day. On a bad day, it's on fire from my hip all the way down to my thigh. God damn. Like from an accident or just like, like joints? Scoliosis. Like, oh. Years of lifting heavy, stupid shit I shouldn't be lifting. Well, yeah, because, okay, so that which brings us to, hold on. <clears throat> Which brings us to, (laughs) (laughs) so you are the owner, operator, founder, CEO, whatever you want to call it, of Flip City Pinball. Is that right? Yes. And and just to clarify for people that are listening and don't know you, it's not that you just like pinball. You are bordering and are obsessed with pinball. It's essentially a religion at this point. (laughs) (laughs) How many pinball machines do you think you own right now? Uh, As of Saturday afternoon, it will be 41. Jesus H. Fuck. That's a stupid number. Dude. Ask me how many I own. Mom! <laughs> <laughs> Don't be me. Don't be me. No, like, and, and so if uh, anyone out there, if you go downtown Tulsa to the Max Retro Pub, all of those pinball machines are yours, right? Mm-hmm. No, and, not all of them. The three at the far end are house games. Okay, gotcha. And, um, I was trying to remember because I remember there was a few that weren't. The two NBA fast breaks in Jurassic Park are house games. The bar okay. bought those. And the Iron Maiden belongs to a friend. 
Okay, fair enough. And so, but everything else, though, those are yours. Yes. And you go up to the bar regularly, actually, to do upkeep and, and all that. I do what I'm capable of. I'm honestly not that good at it. And speaking of mental health, I used to be way better at it. <laughs> right. But then I had two mental breakdowns, and it's like kicking all the books off the shelf of your brain. It's on the floor. Sometimes you'll remember it. Sometimes you'll find it. Sometimes you don't. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I always love, too, when I watch, like, biographies or anything of any kind of actors or musicians, and it's like, he had a breakdown. I'm like, just the one? <laughs> I'm like, I had four last year, motherfucker. Like, pull it together. <laughs> God, right. But, I mean, like, so when you were a kid, like, you got into pinball just because, I mean, we've talked about this before. There was, like, this one pinball that you got super into mm-hmm. that led to this obsession, right? So, it's the story is the reason the tattoo is on my left thigh. Mm-hmm. Um I could not remember for the life of me what the first game I ever played was. Yeah. And the memory was foggy. I remember walking into an Aladdin's Well, that's castle. because we're, we have fun as adults. Yes, that's, we yeah. do. Yes, we I'm do. I'm like, we drink, we smoke a shitload <laughs> of weed, and play pinball. I don't know I don't know how people play pinball sober, honestly. I'm just kind of like, okay, this is great and all, but you know what would make it awesome? There's a, ju- <laughs> there's a journey to that, actually. Like when, you yeah. start, like, when you start off playing just completely inebriated, it opens you up and lets all that intuitive stuff come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. But then... Then, you know, because it's booze, you get about a 30-minute window and it's... Right. <laughs> you definitely got to try and, like, find that sweet spot. <laughs> and it's just an elephant slapping a basketball. At oh, point. yeah. Dude, I got, like, the high score. I remember I was so stoked to tell you about it. I got a high score on, I think, your... Was it your Star Wars pinball? Mm-hmm. Which... I have a Boba Fett tattoo, so which made it that much more. I was just like, Lucas, Lucas, Lucas. Like, I was a little kid trying to tell my friend, like, just, I did this thing, and it was awesome. Like, it was... <laughs> But, like, that's the, so, I mean, tattoo on your left thigh, you couldn't mm-hmm. remember. I couldn't remember what the first game I ever played was. I right. remember the memory. It was walking into an Aladdin's like castle. Like the feeling. 1989. And they used to have this entire row of pinballs on the back wall uh-huh. with little stools underneath it for the kids. I walk back there, and I pull the stool out, and I climb up on the machine. And the memory, when I remember it, I'm tiny. Yeah. And it which was shrouded for years. And then one night, three tabs of acid, it all came back. Yeah, there you it go. Was, it was like, <laughs> on the Sometimes left. you don't want those memories to come back on no, the acid. And other don't. times you're like, oh, that's fun. <laughs> I got a bag of them back that night. Some of it was parental trauma. One of it was almost being kidnapped at a Kroger. Oh, Jesus. And then I remembered the pinball memory. And on the left was Gorgar. Uh, which, if you don't know, it is a pinball machine with a woman being sacrificed on an altar to a demon. That's awesome. Got pinball banned at Pizza Hut in the eighties. On the right, <laughs> on the right was Xenon, which is has this apocalyptic alien scene on the playfield. Very two, cool. Two aliens fucking as they see the end of the world. Very fucking cool. Beautiful. So essentially, this just kind of like also determined how you were going to end up as an adult. As an adult, like exactly. that's. <laughs> Aliens, demons, and fucking? I'm on! Yep. And then guess who was right in the fucking center? Who was the in the one? fucking metal? Elvira and the Party Monsters. Oh, my God. And I know the day it was, because there's a VHS tape looping at the max uh-huh. I put up there on the TVs, and it's Elvira hosting Friday Night Videos in 1989, what? Yeah, which was two weeks after I found that pinball machine, and I know because I recorded that v- my mom recorded that VHS tape, and I transferred it. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. I love shit like that. I really do. Mm-hmm. Like... I mean, technology is definitely going to be the death of us, but for the yep. time being, like, it's pretty cool when shit like that works out. <laughs> like, oh my god! Uh, but so, like, so since then, though, like from the word go, it was mm-hmm. just you just were into pinball from there, not right? Really. Like you were no, not really, not really. I was drift- it after the acid? <laughs> so I grew up. There was a Data East Star Wars pinball at the laundromat uh-huh. near the house I grew up at. 
and I learned pinball on that machine. Okay. And actually wound up buying the exact same machine 20 years later. Like oh, the, that's fucking the exact great. one. Yeah. But I, I learned on that, and I started to understand it as a kid, and then... Like the sheer physics of it, the mm-hmm. what you're going for and shit like that? Because yeah. a lot of people... Might, who don't play pinball a lot don't realize there is a strategy to pinball. It's not just, okay, it's down to the bottom. Hit it again. Mm-hmm. It's real-time geometry. I couldn't do math to save my life, but I can literally see the patterns in my mind of where the ball's going to go. <laughs> That's called anxiety. Yeah. That's <laughs> 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 but, I mean, like, so with Flip City Pinball, though, it's a it's a streaming, is that right? Mm-hmm. You stream what you that you playing or someone playing mm-hmm. pinball in a very real time live streaming mm-hmm. service, right? We got uh, three to four cameras: one over the play field, uh-huh. one on the player, one on the video display, so you actually know what they're doing or what their agenda, or what they're oh, shooting. Oh, okay, okay. Because there's layers of depth to it, right? It's, it's as deep as you want to go, really. Huh? And then, I had an X like that. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe your ex? Cavernous. That was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting an email about that one. Uh... <laughs> but so and so, how often are you doing streams right now? So I'm starting off slow. Um, some people do it five days a week. We're doing like a couple a week. Okay. Just because, like, we were just talking about mental health and, mm-hmm. and making sure you don't get burnt out, building up that grind and getting to where I can do it whenever I want. Absolutely, just the intimidation factor of getting in front of a camera because I've I've done podcasts before, but when you put right. that camera in front of you with the blinking red light, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I have a, a meeting later tonight actually to talk about uh, doing a, a show. Uh, similar to the you know what I'm doing here, it's on Sounds Tooth, everything like that. So that's who nice. I have the meeting with, and uh, I kind of want to see if I can get a, a cooking show off the ground yes. um, and do that. But nice, you know, that's what I think is probably going to happen. Is that <laughs> Sounds Tooth is just going to burp at me, and then I'm going to go home. Like that'll be. <laughs> but I, I know exactly what you're saying. That it's like the podcast. I'm wearing like the tightest tank top I own and camo shorts and like mm-hmm. and flip flops. I can do that because it's a podcast. And I'm over here in a pair of Godzilla swim trunks. Yeah, right. Like that's what I'm saying. And so, but if it's a video, you're like, Ugh. now I'm now I'm really hesitant to put on any shirt I own. Oh God, they're looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I can do. But like, <laughs> like I, I feel like it'll go great though. Like uh, last night, I recorded with uh, old Joe my side. Actually, nice. Uh, we are going to record this new podcast idea we have uh, called the Healthy Dose of Hell. Where we're going to talk about everything dark and, you know, all the all the good shit. You know, paranormal, serial killers. Oh, that sounds like my shit. All the shit. Oh, yeah. Kidnappings is one where we're really excited about getting into just because it's kind of like we both have kids mm-hmm. and that's terrifying. And, I mean... There's a. I don't know about you, but when I get a little scared, there's a part of my brain that's like, "Why do I like this?" Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, my brain always goes back to those memories, like when I almost got kidnapped. It was at a uh, Books a Million. I was like eight years old. Jesus Christ! And I was trying to read my. Now uh, they've been ten years old because I was trying to read Sonic the Hedgehog comics. Oh, okay. And this dude keeps coming up, being all creepy, trying to act like he's my uncle. I'm like, "You're not my uncle. Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> and just some of the rude little kid when my parents weren't looking, he's just like, "Hey, don't talk like that. I'm your uncle." I'm like. No, you're a fucking asshole. Go away. I'm not shaking your hand. <laughs> Two days later, I saw that guy on the news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and that's that's the type of terrifying shit that it's just kind of like when you don't think about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we were talking about how on the on the first episode I was talking about how like if you're driving by a house, right, and you hear a noise coming from a basement and you recognize that noise mm-hmm. as someone maybe screaming for help or something like that. 
That's because you have admitted to yourself the dark shit that's in this world, and now you can be of service to that person. Whereas these fuckers that just like don't want to admit dark shit exists, mm-hmm. essentially, they'd hear that noise and be like, what was that? Must have been the wind. Anyway, pennies from heaven. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But like that's the thing is that it's like the, the dark shit that happens in our life, I think, kind of prepares us. I mean, granted, for the other dark shit in life, mm-hmm. but still. <laughs> it's like, here's a warning, kid. Pay attention. <laughs> and if you don't, guess what? You're not going to be at that Books A Million for very long. That'll be. <laughs> no, you're going to wind up in the basement of some abandoned barn in the panhandle. <laughs> He's going to show you his panhandle. Uh... <laughs> so, and as far as the, the episode today, what we wanted to talk about was uh, you want to do Star Trek Next Gen, right? Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. Okay, okay. That's what I was asking you before, dickhead. Like, <laughs> so we're doing Next Generation, right? Yeah. No, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Fuck you. You waited till the cameras or okay, like, <laughs> the microphones. Uh, so, so Deep Space Nine. Star Trek. That show basically saved my soul as a kid. There you go. I Star Trek fans are the weirdest conundrum because my family we did not get along we did not agree on anything hardly right especially after nine eleven but it's like oh there's the racism hello <laughs> yeah right it's like you're not hiding it's, it anymore oh my god I've always said they use children as scapegoats you know what I mean that it's just kind of like we have to think mm-hmm. of the children I'm like none of those fucking kids know what the hell's going on anyway like what are you talking about we all just watched thousands of people die and uh-huh. we're like okay this is gonna come up later. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, um, I grew up in the Baptist cult because we didn't right. know. My mom was a fairly lonely person who was terrible at making friends. And when she did make friends, she usually made bad ones. <laughs> and I was in a religious school because they were trying to put me on the meds. And mm-hmm. that's a dark story because everybody in my, half of my third, third grade class wound up dead because they were just put on um, Ritalin when they didn't need it. They right. Were ADHD little spazzy kids. And then they take them off as adults, and they all went straight to meth. Oh, yeah. Meth, fucking crack, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, And I, I, there, I read this study that was kind of like, we need to stop blaming the kids that we put on Ritalin and start blaming the parents that didn't want to take care of the kids mm-hmm. and just put them on meds. You know what I mean? Like, And then they wondered why all of us turned out with like a little bit of substance problems. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, come on, motherfuckers. Like, what are you talking about? But instead of pack of cigarettes a day... You know, whiskey at night, smack your wife around. We smoke some weed, you know what I mean? Like, we fucking, you know, we, we fuck around with a few I, people. I don't like, remember names very well, but I'll remember your face. Yeah, I got your face. <laughs> anyway, you want to hit this or not? <laughs> but I mean, like, with Star Trek especially, you were talking about the fans and everything. Yeah, there is definitely, like... It's it's exactly like we both know Star Wars fans. Like mm-hmm. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I'm not that guy. Yeah. Everyone knows what guy I'm talking about. The guy that's like, well, actually, fuck... You, dude. With his little trilby and his giant suspenders walking right. God, I worked in nerd conventions for 12 years. Yeah. So many of those guys, <laughs> will just these giant walrus guys with their little trilby will walk up, put their foot in front of you and be like, excuse me, my lady, you need to talk to me. And I'm like, no, she doesn't. <laughs> no, she doesn't. You Where's my hug? Like, yeah. I fucking hate those guys. God, they make me ill. How about you earn a hug, you fucking piece of shit? I, like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing is that like i'm a, i'm actually on the opposite end of that spectrum where like i have people that will come up to me and just hug me at bars and stuff and i'm like oh i did not ask for that like that's okay <laughs> but you know what you're lucky i'm a man like that's, that's all i'm saying <laughs> 
so many people do that. I'm like, usually 99% of the time, I'm cool, but you'll get that one person who's just like, okay, my energy tank's going down really Yeah, that fi- the Colin Robinson of Friends, you know, from What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> He's an energy vampire, man. Oh, I have a list, and it's not a pretty one. Well, and so uh, Deep Space Nice came out before Next Generation or after. after? Okay. It came out one year from the end of Next Generation's run, so okay. 93. How yeah. many variations of Star Trek are there? I know there's the original. Original series, the animated series, the Hanna-Barbera one from the late 70s, 80s, okay, yeah. which looks terrible, but is actually good TV. Uh, <laughs> the Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, and this is where it starts to get foggy because I went on a long sabbatical. Um, <laughs> there's the... Well, and then there's the the, new one that came out on CBS. Yeah, the new one is uh, 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 Picard. No, there was one right before Picard. Okay. And I forget its name because I hated it. Um, We're going to get an email about that. (laughs) (laughs) And it was because they promised one show and gave another. And then I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to watch it later when I got off my high horse. I still didn't like it. Um, I mean, sometimes you were just right. In the first place, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like this. But I'll come back. I'll, I'll give it a shot. And then you try it again. You're like, nope, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Hate it. Yep. Picard, though, that was In Living shit. Color. Hated it. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I've, yeah, I've heard Picard's really good. I've mm-hmm. heard. Uh, I didn't really hear anything about the one before Picard, actually. So I don't think you're the only one that thought its that. name is flying out of my head right now. But it was, like, the big CBS. Hold on. Song. Let me. I'll look at it. I'll wiki it. But, yeah. uh, but like, as far as, like, with, so... What are the biggest differences? I know the captains change, right? Mm-hmm. And but it's still the Enterprise, right? Not really. Uh, Not really. Okay. So the f- original series and Next Generation both had an Enterprise, the right? Enterprise, and then the Enterprise D. So four generations of ships later. Uh, Discovery, Discovery, Star Trek, Discovery. Okay, I could not stand that show. It was like the so the, the whole problem with the show was the very first episode gives you this incredibly awesome cast of characters, and you right. fall in love with it, and then they kill off fucking everybody. Jesus, they Christ. kill off everybody, and the second episode gives you the show you're getting, and you're like, wow, I feel so fucking cut right. They now. straight up like that's that's like next level schmuck bait right there. Yeah, like that is ridiculous. I understand the show they're trying to sell me, but I don't like that show. I wanted the one you promised. I wanted that show from before the one that was in all the promotions and the advertising y'all culled all of that stuff from and it killed well at least the the new suicide squad movie did the opposite it was like this movie would have been shit so we killed all of them and Mm. then it goes to the other beach (laughs) and you're like okay i like this movie better this is great oh you assholes y'all are funny (laughs) plot armor (laughs) i really really enjoyed it honestly like so good i didn't think i was going to because i remember the other one the one with old Mm -hmm. fucking will smith and i remember the credits rolling on that one and being like what the fuck did i just and sit I was through sitting there thinking god can i just literally can y'all try again and keep margot robbie and then somehow i got exactly what i want right and then you're just kind of <laughs> like oh were they listening like <laughs> they did <laughs> suddenly you're religious like god now i get to see idris elba actually act out what a real parent kid situation looks like fuck you <laughs> they just casted him as knuckles in the sonic sequel i heard about that i'm so happy about oh my that. god I'm so happy about that. Old Idris Elba, though, he can... I don't feel like I've seen anything he's in that I didn't enjoy. He's just lovely. And a DJ. And a good one. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, <laughs> how does a man have that much talent? And then it's just like, you know what? I'm also pretty chill. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, as far as, like... And 
So here's my contribution to, to the, the Star Trek uh, conversation, really. Mm-hmm. I never really got into... When I was a kid, my mom liked uh, The Next Gen. Mm-hmm. Loved it. So she Same. would watch it every once in a while, you know, and I would watch it with her. But I wasn't like a nerd about it or anything like that. And then later I got more into Star Wars than Star Trek. Also the same. Yeah, and then so then the movies came out though with Chris Pine and uh, uh, Zachary Quinto and others. Uh, Carl Urban though, like come on, I love him. Oh my god, that guy! He is... did the voiceovers on the Star Trek pinball at the Max. Did he really? Yeah. Oh my Damn god, it, Jim! Awesome. I'm a doctor, not a pinball wizard. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking awesome. <laughs> but like the guy, the guy can do no wrong. None. Like seriously, like oh my god, the boys. Mm-hmm. Come on, he was fucking incredible in that. But and so I, I decided, okay, I'm, I kind of remember, you know, the show, you know, that I've watched and everything like that. I, I, I perused, if you will, uh, the original and what have you. So I was like, I, I think I can, I can watch the movie and and be entertained, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I fell in fucking love with those movies. But here's the thing. I tried to watch the original Star Trek after those movies, and I was like, this is not as good. <laughs> we're, like, the, we're the exact opposite here, because I fucking hated those movies. I loved them. The I really thing. did. The third one, I loved, because it was essentially just a long-form Star Trek episode. Right. I With, loved uh, it. They get stranded on the planet, right? Yeah. And, and the, well, but the wasn't that the, the point of the first two as well? It's kind of like, you know, the origin story, then Khan, and the then The first one was like one. an origin story, and I'm like, I'm, it felt the same way about that I felt about Force Awakens. I'm like, well, I've seen this before, but it doesn't offend me, and it's right. all right, we're restarting, we're restarting the machine, it's okay. And then the second one comes along with every J.J. Abrams project ever, and he yeah. just sticks his dick in it without consent. My God, The Last Jedi. What the fuck? I hate that movie. The Force Awakens, you're watching it, and I swear to God, after all those years of nothing really that new as far as like a mm-hmm. movie like shows offshoots comics books Wars, whatever great shit. oh great fucking but shit we were in a void. i'm still watching like uh, bad batch just ended my mm-hmm. god so fucking good all that shit but star wars movie like episode mm-hmm. fucking seven all right cool I'm like, and back so, on the train here we go i was so fucking scared though because <laughs> i'm sitting there walking in going oh my god he's jar jar is gonna be in this i don't know how but Jar Jar is going to be in this piece Jar-Jar, of shit. But you got JJ. And uh, yes, <laughs> what was it? There was someone that was like, "Look here, JJ, you fuck this up, and you will be Jar Jar Adams for the for, or Jar Jar Abrams forever." And then it happened. And, no, The Force Awakens. I don't think he fucked up no, at he all. Didn't fuck I thought it, it was it's fucking an okay great. Movie. It's but then the second one, like you said, he just was just he's okay. So the first one went good. Cool. Now I'm going to pull my entire dick out. And just fuck this up he completely. Did exactly. I remember when he got the job, me and Sis were like, you're going to hire the guy that came up with the ending of Lost. He's right. the worst closer in Hollywood. <laughs> he comes up with great shit, and then he fucks it up because he can't close it out. He can't fucking, he can't write an ending to save his, lo- save his life. But he pawns it off on someone else who somehow comes up with something worse. Jesus Christ. Ryan Johnson. That fuck it, that last one, though, you, like... That was the worst part to me. Everyone was like, what'd you think? What'd you think of the second one, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I was like, uh, what I think of the second one is going to be determined by how the third one comes mm-hmm. out. So suffice to say, I hate the second one. The second one's <laughs> garbage, but at least it commits. And it's like, all right, you're going this direction. The third movie But it was is so like, fucking long. Yeah. It was unnecessary, dude. And I'm sorry, man. Don't fucking... The whole reason Darth Vader was such a fucking badass was because he was a bad motherfucker all the way up until the end. You know what I mean? Like played by a classical horror actor. Right? Like come the that, fuck on. When he walks on that set, he walks on that set and he puts his fingers up on his belt loop, it's like, "Yep, I'm daddy." 
<laughs> fuck with me. Fuck with me. <laughs> Hello, yeah, Space Daddy here. Um, <laughs> but like then, like with the new ones, of course, he had to do. JJ did the whole fucking Kylo Ren. Oh, I'm bad. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm bad again. No, I'm not. God, I hate him so much. It was like, dude, fucking no. That's not what you killed your dad. You're a bad person. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. <laughs> Jesus. Woo. <laughs> well, and also though, it's like I did hear a theory. That Han hit the button on the lightsaber and killed himself. Yeah, that would have honestly been a decent theory, and it would have been fucked up, but it would have been interesting. But it would have been interesting, and I think, honestly, I kind of, you can, I watched Force Awakens again, just to, you know, Mm -hmm. whenever I heard that theory, and it does kind of track. Like, you know, he's like, you know, Kylo tells him, like, I know what I have to do, I don't think I have the strength to do it, Mm -hmm. and that's whenever you see Han's hands kind of, like, go to the hilt and all that shit, Mm -hmm. and I'm just kind of like, you know what, I think that's what happened. And, and if that's the case, Han is that much of a fucking badass. And you know I can go I mean? with that because Han, the whole point up to that up to that moment is Han's life. He he's a, he's the fuck up you thought he was. Yep. But he's an honest fuck up. Yeah. Who's who's? What was it? He was like, uh, <laughs> "Have I ever not delivered? Yeah, twice." <laughs> and then he just stops and he just kind of goes, "What was the second time?" Tell like the Kanji Club. <laughs> <laughs> and my, I never made a deal with those freaks. And my dog slash wife slash life partner is going to bail me out again. Right again. And I love <laughs> that. Like the whole time, anytime someone says something about like he's a swindler or anything, she was just behind him nodding. Like, mm-hmm. yep. But hey, it's that's a living. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> he suddenly turns into like a bird from the Flintstone. It's <laughs> a living. Like. <laughs> But, like, that's the thing is that, like, I got more into Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. and nerd culture dictates you apparently can't be into both. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that. Understood. I never understood that ideology. They just need something to hate. They need a rival football team. Yeah. Like, well, I, it's the same although thing. I do love the insult of Star Wars nerds to Star Trek nerds of calling them Spock suckers. That's a really fun one. <laughs> I haven't uh, heard that in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, with, with Star Trek, though, I feel like. Star Wars nerds, yeah, they're they're pretty intense. They are, and they mm. they have all this little innate knowledge of stupid little things of like actually with this vehicle it runs on this particular fuel. It's like why do you know that? Uh huh. But the Star Trek nerds are their own level. Like Star Trek nerds are beyond nerdier than Star Wars nerds, and like I will die on that hill. No, you're you're right, and it's a completely different breed of nerdy. It's like. If you want to get into the nerd versus geek, which I don't even think those archetypes exist anymore. Yeah. But I went, so my family, we didn't agree on anything, but we went to Trek Expo every year. Okay. And that's when I just started to learn the psychology of this. You meet Star Trek fans, and they're the weirdest people. They're a conundrum. There's a level of <laughs> cognitive dissonance there. And I don't mean all of them, but you meet the cool ones, and you can have right. a discussion about everybody else. Yeah. But so many of them love this show about the future, this show about you know a so-called uh, ascended future where humanity's figured out their shit, but not right. really. We just learned how to mask it differently. Right. There's still racism. There's still mm. horrifying sociological politics and all that, mm. but... We've also got spaceships. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and we're, now we're space colonizers off to drag our bullshit to other. I think societies. one of my favorite things I ever saw though was, was that it was like it was on a sci-fi like feed or something like you know the the what am I trying to say sci-fi uh, when it's a lot of posts uh, forum <laughs> forum there we go but it was you like moderate several don't do it <laughs> yes yeah, fucking fuck that uh, I barely want to moderate my own fucking podcast <laughs> uh, but like. 
The thing that it said was it was just kind of like all you people out here getting pissed off because we don't have aliens and space discovery. Y'all can't even handle same species of a different color. How about you fucking calm down a little bit, motherfuckers? Like, Jesus that was Christ. what blew my mind when you walk into those Star Trek conventions. Um, like you listen to Michelle Nichols tell that story about all those people when she made out with Shatner on that episode of the original series. Yeah. In the 60s, which was a big deal. Oh, yeah, because these... it wasn't even legal for them to get no. married at that point. No, and they like, they make it on TV, and it's badass, and it's a good episode. Yeah. And you'll have the—she tells the story of these racist dudes who are like, man, I don't approve of that, but god damn, she's hot. <laughs> Better word she put it, but it's like just trying to explain the psychology. And then I'd look around the room, and it's like, okay, look at these old people. The— these are the people she's talking about. Yeah, that was probably the guy that said it right mm-hmm. over there. That fucking piece of he's shit. Probably been, he's probably been stalking her for 30 years. Oh, yeah. Are you here? I know you're here. I can smell you. Don't look at my erection, man. <laughs> my God is ashamed. <laughs> but you meet those people, and they love this this story, and they're usually the most back-ass words inbred, religious, bigoted bastards you'll ever meet. Jeez. The moment they walk back out that door of that convention. And it's this level of cognitive dissonance there, and I never understood it. And it finally made sense to me a couple of years ago. It's like some of the, like I said, I come from the Baptist cult, and so many right. of them love Star Trek Voyager. Because okay. it was the quote-unquote dumb one that followed DS9. DS9 was like human psychology sci-fi. They right. hated that show because there was no way to explain away what it was and what it was trying to teach you. Exactly, yeah. Voyager was dumber. It was back to trying to do the, what's the term they use, the um, wagon train in space, which was the entire concept of Star Trek. Right, right. But in deep space. Okay, they're out in the Delta Quadrant. They're far the fuck off away from everybody. Like They were like exploring all absolutely new shit, right? Yeah, they like, got thrown to the other side of the galaxy and have to spend 70 years getting home or seven seasons. <laughs> 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 but it's like that show was more digestible to them. That's why they went back to it. DS9, there was no way to explain away what it was trying to teach you. It's got all these religious allegories to right. politicians and spiritual leaders trying to ascend the power and then you look at your own reality and it's the same thing. Yeah, and it's kind of giving you a heads up like, hey, just so you know, yeah, this is fiction, but mm-hmm. how'd you look around? <laughs> and that's when it finally made sense to me. They see science fiction as science is fiction. Yeah. There's no, oh, this is based in grounded things and will probably spawn the next 30 years of technology. Right. This is all horseshit sci-fi bullshit that I can digest and then go worship my God. Right. And then it finally made sense. Kind of escapism for religious people. Yeah. Yeah. Because they can't can't really do the whole secular fucking thing anymore. They get to access that part of themselves they're not allowed to touch. Right. In a protected little play space. I don't, I, I have never understood the idea of not letting someone access parts of their own mind. Do you know what I mean? Like, dude. It's the ultimate the whole, form of control. Yeah, the the whole point of uh, uh, healthy dose of hell is, uh, is us talking about the dark side of things because I just remember having religious parents and everything like that, and like punk rock, metal, like those album covers, horror movies. Mm-hmm. When you'd go to Blockbuster or something, they'd go, "All right, go go look or whatever." Like my brother goes off and he'd look at like video games or whatever or, or whatever he was looking at. I'd go to the horror section mm-hmm. because the fun part was you could like look at that case, you know what I mean, all that art, and then at the back. You'd read the the description, and you could almost like, okay, I can't watch this movie. I know they're not going to let me take this home, but I can kind of like try and play it out in my head as to what's going to happen. Oh, that's fun. Anyway, next mm-hmm. movie, and that's, you couldn't do it that way. That's the whole reason I fell in love with '80s pinball bag glasses. You look at that wall of artwork, and it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, what's my favorite one? Centaur. Oh, like the there's a pinball machine called Centaur, 
And it's pure black and white. The entire machine has three colors, black, white, and red, and variations of them. Jesus. And it's just this post-apocalyptic punk rock fugue where everything's dead. It's basically Mad Max right before Mad Max was a thing. Okay, yeah, and yeah. And it's so cool. And you look at that, and it's just they weren't trying to. That's why pinball, people who played pinball were so cool. Yeah. Because it was just, it was grounded in reality. It was real. It was gritty. Well, yeah, because there's there's not a whole lot of escapism involved in pinball, really. Like no. you're wrapping your like you were saying, you're wrapping your mind around the like the geometry of just kind of like, all right, I have to hit the left over here in order mm-hmm. to get more points. I have to do the right over here. There is that level of escapism. I mean, it's a game, and yeah, you have to focus. It's but... a batting cage mounted in front of a roller coaster in ca- entombed in a coffin box. <laughs> <laughs> That's metal as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I remember when I was a kid, there was this, and I was a gamer too. Yeah. At this point, an ex-gamer. And I remember, because that culture is its own kind of toxic. But, <laughs> You're right. But I remember this uh, article I read in Rolling Stone, or I think, and it's Slash talking about a quote from Duffy's book about um, why pinball players get laid and gamers don't. A story which was true then and in most cases is true now. <laughs> And he was trying to, and you know, I read that and immediately took offense because I like my Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> now I read it and I'm like, I understand you. It's because if you're good at pinball, mm-hmm. then you start off just reactionary playing, and that's how right. everybody starts, and then it eventually becomes intuitive playing because your real time geometry turns into your, it feeds into your intuition, intuition, yeah, which yeah. then starts to grow and develop, and now you're literally about two or three seconds ahead of the ball. There you and go, as yeah. long as you stay in that meditative state, you stay present and you stay grounded in the moment, you'll stand at that machine as long as you goddamn want, and that's why people who are intuitively good at that tend to be good in bed, too, because they're present, and everything about video games teaches us to not be present. Well, well to an extent. Yeah, that is to an extent, for sure. Like, because I think, too, it depends on the game as well. Yes. Like we were talking about, gamers really are. That is another toxic-ass, you know, subculture and everything like that. Because mm-hmm. I, I I, view myself as a, as a gamer just because yeah. I have to have my console. I have to play ga- Like, if I'm having a really bad mm-hmm. mental health day, like, I will look at my partner and be like, hey, babe, I, I got to go play my game. And every time she's like, okay. She knows exactly what that means. Like, she knows that it's not anything personal yeah, or anything like that. It's just a way to switch your brain off and just stimming. It's basically yeah. stimming. Well, and the reason that I said we were talking about the toxic part of things is because my game is I play Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. I play Halo. I play, like, I love shooters. And the reason being is because it keeps me exactly in that respect of pinball, that I'm grounded mm-hmm. because I have to think, like, okay, it's online. So, I mean, like, I have to be in ahead of what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. I can't be reactionary or I'm going to die. Yeah. I have to be ahead of it. And there's so many different ways of doing that mm-hmm. that you have to stay ahead of the game. And so that's why, like, yeah. But, like, playing, like, but like, like you're Super playing, Smash Brothers or anything like that, yeah. Even, you're, but even that, you're playing against people. Yeah. So, like, there is a real exchange. Yeah, but you're playing against a little metal ball. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah. It, it's like when you're... So, the way I describe it is, like, in my head, <clears throat> when I was playing Street Fighters... My kid. opponents just have more balls. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> When I was playing games as a kid, I was often playing by myself. And mm-hmm. if you're playing by yourself, you're it's you against the machine, but you're really it's you against code. Right. You're playing against a computer. You're, you're, it's basically you trying to figure out the the the, the pattern. Mm-hmm. And once you do, then it's just kind of like okay, let me guess: jump, jump, mm-hmm. hit, hit, jump, jump. Cool. Boss is done. Street Fighter is basically high speed coordinated battle chess. Yeah. There's only so many moves in the in the bag. Mm-hmm. It's like pro wrestling, but it's a fighting game. You're playing against each other. You well, know, and they even up that like the new Mortal Kombat's and everything. 
everything. Like, those are fucking... I mean, you can button smash if you want to, but in reality, that's pretty complicated, honestly. Like, trying mm-hmm. to get, like, certain specific moves done and everything. I, I remember, you know, you had the D-pad back in the day. That was easier to do any kind of, like, coding mm-hmm. or anything. Whereas, now you have a joystick, and it's like, you're off by a half degree, and it's not going to count it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be like, nope. No uh, shadow yeah. kick for you. You're going to get a fireball <laughs> to the crotch now. Like, you're bringing back the memories of the Mortal Kombat mall riot. When I oh, yeah. Fucking shit, I got man. that on videotape. It was the, the mall I grew up near. They bought 20 Mortal Kombat machines. 20 because of the demand was just that high. Jesus. And then literally a gang war broke out in the arcade. Three people got killed. The place shut down shut down for a week. It was all over the news. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm just like, <laughs> no, and see, that's that's what we're talking about, though. The gaming world has all this shit. Oh, and, and what I was talking about earlier, what people are like, well, why are you bringing up Call of Duty and everything, and why are you saying that that's toxic? So everyone that I know that they're like, I'm a, I'm a huge gamer, huge, huge gamer, they refuse to play those games because they're like, those aren't video games. Those are like simulators. Those are, I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> you, you, you fucking what now? Like... <laughs> That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Like, yeah. a, you're not a real gamer. You only play shooters. I'm like, it is a video game, mm-hmm. and I play a lot of it. The entire the entire genesis of video games was Atari games of shooting shit. Yeah, and it's the it was the easiest way to do it. Really, like you have Doom, you have like all these shooters that it was just kind of like, okay, all we have to do is just da, 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 da. like you don't even have to really move in most of those. Yeah. It would move for you and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like. Dude, every button on my fucking controller it's like does something. It's like operating a jetliner. Oh yeah, now it's like okay. Uh, well, not only that, then you 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 know uh, you have your loadouts and everything like that. So you have to customize like okay, I want my weapon to be able to fire long range. Uh, so that means I'm going to sacrifice short range game. Okay, I want to be able to fire from the hip better, but that means I'm going to have a longer time of pulling up my weapon to look through scope shit like that it's it's deeper than most rpgs were in the mid 90s oh yeah like it's fucking crazy but at the same time i'm still gonna get called a fucking half-ass because i'm (laughs) playing a shooter i'm like this is some toxic shit dude like this is some fucking like gatekeeping bullshit yeah and it's the same thing that happens in so many hobbies it's people who have identified their entire personality with their hobby oh yeah and that's literally that's to me the definition of a nerd i just think it's i thought about it the other day and i kind of got like giggly about it because i was like all the things that i love doing that i love in my life have some of the worst gatekeepers <laughs> out there like i'm a stand-up comedian holy shit it's fucking gatekeeping galore i my podcast gatekeepers all over the place like what's it about oh television what a fucking idiot like i'm just like dude what the fuck and like i love metal and punk holy shit gatekeepers mm-hmm. like video games gatekeepers fucking any kind of nerd culture thing that you want to get into is going to have this horrifying level of gatekeeping mm-hmm. to where it's just kind of like wait what are you into specifically <laughs> okay <laughs> okay little one come on back to me whenever you're into the big stuff it's and like what thing. is this drugs like you can't tell me to be into the hard stuff <laughs> fuck you and literally pinball's no different that's the whole reason pinball died in 1998 like straight yeah. died bally williams went out of business Gottlieb was gone data east was gone sega sold the factory wow was dead for a year, and then Sega sold that factory to Gary Stern, who reopened Stern Pinball, kept going. But when he kept going, his entire there were no arcades; it was dead in the West. Right, it had never really traveled to Japan. It had a strong European hold, but when he sold that, brought the factory back, their entire market was boomer dads buying shit for their garages. Oh, and if okay. you look at the themes from that era, it's all stuff like World Poker Tour, Harley Davidson. So Playboy. a very niche group, like yeah. okay, it died out and got choked off, and then those guys started gatekeeping it. 
for the next decade, and it Jesus. almost died. So, like, there's about 2008, it was basically dead. Well, and that's the part that bums me out is that it's like those gatekeepers don't even realize. You do realize you're killing the thing that mm-hmm. you're wanting everyone to be into, mm-hmm. but in reality, they don't. They don't want people to be into it. They want it to be their thing. They're like those narcissistic parents who are like, oh, my son doesn't want to be the thing I chose for him from birth? Well, I don't right. give a fuck about you. Yeah, it's, like, you don't the enjoy fuck this, out of here, man? Way, it's like... It's 2021. Why the fuck isn't there... What did your parents want you to be? A doctor and a lawyer. A doctor and a lawyer. I was going to go to ORU and probably kill myself before 03. Oh, yeah. you. Would, I cannot... There are certain people that I'm like, I cannot imagine if you had stayed on that path. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine a religious Lucas DeWoody. That just doesn't oh, sit God. well with me. He existed. <laughs> you wouldn't have liked him. I, but, I mean, that's the thing, though, is that it's like my parents essentially didn't want me to be anything they just figured i was gonna be a criminal which i don't know how it's worse like it's i would have preferred if they were like hey be a doctor no we don't want to like that would have been way better (laughs) but instead like my parents were just kind of like you can be anything you want to be but also your brother's probably gonna be a lawyer and get you out of jail like that'll be (laughs) my mother genuinely thought forcing me to watch episodes of er would make me want to be a doctor oh my god it's like ah thanks for all of that blood drama before my balls even dropped (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah no my parents you remember when saving private ryan came out Mm -hmm. There was that news story about the kid who vandalized a World War II like uh, memorial mm-hmm. statue or something like that, and his sentence because he was a child, judge can't fucking do shit. <laughs> so his sentence was he had to go see Saving Private Ryan. Oh my god! So my parents hear that wow. and go, "Oh, we're gonna make our kids watch Saving Private Ryan." <laughs> they hadn't even seen it yet, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna sit down and watch this, dude." That is one of the goriest fucking oh. movies of the time. Like, nope. like, not like buckets of blood, cornstarch gory, like no, 80s horror. Real world like, trauma. Horrifying, like, medical, real things going on. And the whole time, my parents are so fucking stubborn that they're like, nope, this is still a good idea. This is, we, we chose this. They, they will learn to respect veterans. And I'm sitting there, of course, watching it going, this is fucking awesome! <laughs> <laughs> I want to shoot weapons! <laughs> <laughs> but like I swear to God, like it was a running joke in my family that it was like, yeah, Luke's gonna grow up and be a lawyer, and his first case is gonna be to get his brother out of prison. Like that'll be. I was like, what the fuck, guys? Like at the time they're telling us, I'm like, you guys know I'm 12, right? Like that's this is bullshit. Like <laughs> she thought that was okay for me to dad watch that movie nonstop. That and uh, Green Mile. God, that um, movie is heart wrenching. That movie is brutal. Jesus Christ. I watched it once. Someone's like, all right, I'm glad I saw that. I'm good. I'll never forget. I'm pretty sure I watched it the one time, but I'm pretty sure I remember every moment of that movie. It scars you, and it's not necessarily in a bad way, but it's it's not going to leave. I don't care who you are, how bad of a motherfucker you are. Everyone bawled at the end of that movie. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit. Whenever he was like, I'm just real tired, boss. You're like... (laughs) <laughs> it's fine. Everything's yep. fine. Yep. I'm like, okay, I can take that once. I needed that. But, you know, two or three times a month, Dad, what the fuck? Dude. <laughs> but, like, too, like, with, with really anything that we're talking about, though, as far as, like, nerd culture, everything like that, that's almost kind of, like, why nerd culture wasn't as mainstream mm-hmm. as it is now. Mm-hmm. And even even still, though, now... There, you would think that it would be like less gatekeepers because it's mm-hmm. as popular as it is. But now we just have a fucking litany of them. They are just fucking everywhere. Yeah, it's like they they literally the game was I won't deal with my insecurities. I'll sculpt the entirety of society to cater to my interests and then still <laughs> gatekeep people and then still do it. I could never understand that. You know what I mean? The whole point of me wanting someone else 
to get into something that I'm into. It's because then it's like, yeah, isn't this awesome? Mm-hmm. Oh, you went a different direction and you like this one better? That's cool too, dude. Mm-hmm. But then like you get this, these guys, exactly what we're talking about, that it's like these guys at like Star, Star Trek conventions and mm-hmm. Star Wars nerds and everything. They're just like... <laughs> I'm so much better at this than you. Yeah. And it's like, what? Yeah, but you also work at a 7-Eleven full-time and you're 40, so shut the fuck up and yeah. leave me alone. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> it's like those people who watch Jay and Silent Bob movies and then they take offense because it's like, y'all... Or they, there's two types of people. There's the ones that'll take offense. Mm-hmm. And then there's the ones that'll watch it and not understand that he's making fun of them. He's making fun of the the people that we're talking about. Yeah. Like, oh my god, Brutally. did you ever see uh, Fanboys? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I love that movie so fucking much because it, it's exactly what we're talking about. Like, it really is. Here's Bill Shatner to literally tell you what you are. <laughs> was it William Shatner? No, no, he had nothing to do with this. That was T.J. Hooker. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and the cameos in that movie, my god, like Darth Maul shows up. The guy who played Darth Maul plays a security guard at the at Skywalker Ranch. Uh, what's his fucking name? I would still suck that man's dick. Oh my god, fucking that guy! Like, and then he looks at him and goes, "You're about to get mauled, boy!" And you're like, "He said it! He said he brought it up!" Shot. Because everyone like the, the nerd culture, like they'll have cameos or something, but they just don't bring it up. And you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh come on, man! You didn't even like write him a joke or anything. Like it was right there." <laughs> It's funny with Star Trek in particular because yeah. it's like the it's like the archetype for the the toxic. It was the original toxic nerd. Definitely, fan base, definitely. But it was also the one that showed you how it ends because those fans actually straight up killed it. The reason the Abrams movies happened, yeah. was because that whole era of Star Trek, that whole timeline, all those shows had mm-hmm. it had been so gatekept and was so toxic by that point. They were just like, we can't do anything with this because people are now afraid to get into it. Right. Like if they tried to remake fuckers. anything, they would just kind of be like, there would be fucking riots. Even mm-hmm. just the mood, like that. Few you remember the first movie when they were going to make it? People lost their fucking minds. Mm-hmm. They were like, how dare you? This is perfect the way it is. Don't touch this and all that. And the same thing when Next Generation came out. They hated it for the first four years. And to be fair, the first year was complete dog shit. <laughs> but they shat on it for years. And then it started to take off. And they'd still find reasons. Yeah. Even though it had 20 million viewers a well, week. Well, because like it's, a, it's kind of that same gatekeeping mindset in my mind that they're just kind of like, no, no, no. But I was still right. Mm-hmm. I was still right. Just, just, you know, for a different reason. And I'm like. Dude, it's okay to admit you were wrong. Like that's that's fine. Yeah. Like I've done it many times. Do I look like a motherfucker that's always right? No. Like I have things on my body, tattoos, like old piercings and shit like that. They're like, that was a mistake. <laughs> all right, I was wrong about that one. That's okay though. That's all right. <laughs> like I have a cover up tattoo. You know what I mean? If that tells you anything. But like, but with nerds especially, like I think, well, or geeks or however you want to word it or what the have you. The definition is so. I just don't thing. understand. It. I'm just kind of like, you do realize that back in the day, we all got made fun of for shit like this. Mm-hmm. Now that it's popular, we should be able to kind of step back and be like, oh, cool. My kid never has to worry about that. Whatever she wants to be into is going to be accepted at least a little bit, whatever. Nope. Still nothing. Like, if mm-hmm. my kid decides she's going to be in a Star Wars, she's going to get shit from Star Trek fans mm-hmm. or Star Wars fans, which is weird. Like, get the fuck out of here, Or idiots who watch Big Bang Theory and think they understand both. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I went ahead and I had an experiment recently, and I sat down and watched Big Bang Theory. Oh, God. It is not bad. (laughs) It is not bad. Here's why. You have to accept it for what it is. It is a sitcom. It is a mindless fucking sitcom, but they also kind of let you think, make you think 
that it's oh, but we thought about this a lot. We we did a lot of research and all that shit. No, motherfuckers, no, it is a sitcom. It is there for funny little quip lines, laugh track credits. You know what I mean? Like that's all. And if you accept that part, it's not bad. I know everybody does the experiment where you watch Friends without the laugh track, and it's like, oh, there's it's sociopath comedy. But you'll watch Big Bang Theory without the laugh track, and it is disturbing. Well, uh, yeah, but you can watch anything without a laugh fair. track, and it's weird. Except you want to know for, why? Except Be- one. There's one exception. Frasier. F- because well, they sit on that fucking joke, and they get deadpan, and you lose your mind because it's somehow funnier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but think about it. It's like with a laugh track, it's recorded live, right? So while mm-hmm. they're laughing... They can't say anything, you know what I mean? So anytime someone delivers a line and just sits there and it's <clears> silent, <throat> yeah, that's going to be weird. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a comedian. It's real fucking weird. <laughs> and it doesn't get any easier. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this shit for years. And to this day, if I tell a joke and it doesn't land, I'm like, whew, that stings. That's <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is, like, this show was on for 12 years. Big Bang. It was on for mm-hmm. 12 fucking years. They were making so much money that towards the end of the seasons, every one of the original five were making a million dollars per episode. Wow. They did 22 episodes per season. 23 in some cases, right? Wow. Some of you are liars. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that show sucks. That show sucks, dude. It's like all. The, it's like those people that are like, I would never eat McDonald's. It's like, they sell like a billion hamburgers a day. Mm-hmm. So... Some of you are full of shit. Yeah. Like, every six months I'll cave, and then my bladder will remind me the next morning what oh, yeah. I shouldn't have. Oh, yeah. I'll be ripped as fuck. Like, I'll just be sitting there fucking bong hit after bong after bong hit, and then I'm like, you know what sounds fucking awesome? A dozen double cheeseburgers. Here we go. <laughs> and then the next day I wake up, and it's like my lungs hurt, my stomach hurts, and I'm about to drop a 10-pound shit. Like, holy fuck. <laughs> and they might be followed by blood. <laughs> yeah, like, ow, how? <laughs> to but this, like, to this day, I've seen one episode of Big Bang Theory. Like, I've seen you know we've all seen clips and jokes and memes but I've yeah seen yeah one complete episode i sat down and watched and i was so angry by the end of it i'm just like fuck all of you yeah see fuck that's the thing is that you. it's like they essentially what the what i think the show was was at first they wanted to kind of like you know cash in on nerd culture mm-hmm. like truly cash in on nerd culture without actually being a part of nerd culture as understood by boomer executives. exactly and so then after it got a little bit more popular they got a little bit more consultings and things like that then it started kind of like becoming part of nerd culture and they started like really wanting to get all of that correct like no we don't like aquaman like they make that joke in the show that it's just kind of like wait you like aquaman <laughs> And you're just kind of like, as a nerd, like a comic nerd or anything, you're like, yeah, fuck Aquaman. But like, <laughs> like if you're just watching it and you don't know what the fuck they're talking about, you're just kind of like, ah, nerd reference, I guess. I don't know. Like, yeah. that's <laughs> it's like, oh, look, it's Lunar Nimoy and he doesn't want to be here either. But they're right? paying him. They're but paying like, him. think about, okay, think about it this way. Here are some of the cameos that were on this show. Kevin Smith, he was on it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Will Wheaton is a like a main character there for a while. Mm-hmm. You've got Stephen Hawking was on it. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Uh, Bob Newhart is he plays <laughs> Professor Proton, which is like <laughs> like Sheldon's favorite like childhood whatever. Uh, you've got like all these nerd like Neil Gaiman came in and had a cameo. Like, there's a ton of different people that even just them agreeing to be on it. You kind of look at it and you're like, I don't know if this was a payday or if you're kind of like, this is pretty good, actually. This mm-hmm. is like Brian Pesane, one of my favorite comedians ever. And he is 100% knowledgeable of nerd gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. Like, did I just get sonic? Like, that was <laughs> like I hit my elbow and a coin fell. Like, if I hit it too hard. Anyway, 
But like Brian was saying, that was his whole thing. Like, you know, him, Pat Oswalt, Zach Galifianakis, the comedians of comedy. Mm-hmm. That it was comedy nerds. Like, they would go to like comic book conventions and all that. Like, if Pat Oswalt goes to Comic Con, he has to wear a mask. Like, he can't walk <laughs> in there. You know, Brian Pissain is the same thing. If he walks into Comic Con, he's going to get fucking bum rushed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so there's a part of me that, like, I wonder if it was just a paycheck. You know what I mean? Just kind of like, well, they wanted me to be on this, so I, I went ahead and did it. Or if he was just kind of like, Ah, this is pretty good, actually. Like, I don't think it sucks. I mean, but I think, honestly, social media has done this thing where Friends, Big Bang Theory, all Mm -hmm. these shows that made money from being a television show. I think people need to remember that part. Mm -hmm. It's a TV show, motherfucker. Like, don't put your entire fucking personality into it or anything. But since social media decided those suck, everyone else is like, oh, yeah, they suck. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Friends is one of the most successful television shows of all time, and Mm. now people are shitting on it. I'm like, you're full of shit, motherfucker. And that's fair. I'm going to give myself a pass because I hated it then, too. Mm -hmm. My show was Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, my God, so good. Funniest fucking show ever made. Also makes you think way too much as a Baptist kid. It really does. Yeah. (laughs) You really aren't supposed to be thinking about some of that shit that that show really makes prominent. You know what I mean? Uh Why are you saying that? You let me watch it. Fuck off. (laughs) Right? But really think about it, right? Okay. You love Third Rock from the Sun. Mm -hmm. I did, too. I love that show. Watched probably every episode. One of my favorite things of all time, and I think you'll know exactly which one I'm talking about, is whenever French Stewart is walking down the aisle of a toy store, and she's at the end, and she's just kind of reading something, and she puts her hands out right at the end, but he's going, I want this and this and this and this, and he's just walking down, and then she just palms him right in the forehead. (laughs) I I laughed for an hour as a kid when I watched that. I was like, it was one of my first, like, that physical comedy where it was just like, I don't know why that was so much, and then I had to know. So the timing of it, the fall that he did, everything like that mm-hmm. was just perfect so it really got me into like the physical so aspect. orchestrated but I really think it. about it like okay love third rock from the sun now let's imagine that you know you take a little hiatus from social media what have you you come back all of a sudden all the facebook is saying third rock from the sun what a shitty show and people are agreeing like 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 and then people are even bringing it up in conversation oh third rock from the sun you watch that piece of shit it's like what the fuck are you talking about i love that show mm-hmm. and so i think about that from the the perspective of like yeah, Big Bang Theory is not that bad. From that perspective, I agree, because there's so many other shows that have gotten the same horse shit. Oh, yeah, like, and that's the thing, is that it's like, I think it's it's the exact same thing we're talking about, but in a, in a different sense. It's not nerd culture gatekeeping, mm-hmm. it's just regular old gatekeeping, where, yeah. you know, someone's like, oh, you like that? <laughs> okay. And it's like, dude, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Not all of us can like this weird, abstract, uh, one-off fucking movie from the 70s that didn't even exist in your life up until <laughs> a year ago. But since no one else knew about it and you were one of the first ones to watch it, here you go. There's your fucking podium, you mm-hmm. cocksmoker. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> who fucking cares what you like, it's man? It's like those people who will punish you because you like the wrong version of Blade Runner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse Wait, me. you like Justice League? What a piece of shit. Excuse uh, me, you're not watching the second revision of the director's cut that aired only on TBS one time. <laughs> That's a little too real. That was <laughs> <laughs> I've met them all. They never, they never get better. Well, and I mean, like, that's the thing, though, is that, like, every single thing. And, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, though, that I think Star Trek is definitely... The uh, as far as the hierarchy of gatekeepers, mm-hmm. Star Trek has the worst ones. Yeah, they honestly. literally killed their own thing. Yeah, and it's happening all over the place. Like, 
And also, all these people that want to talk shit about Big Bang, I'm like, you do realize they made their money. They're done. Like, mm-hmm. they don't give a fuck if you like it anymore. No. Like, they're good. Buckets Who and gives buckets a of shit? cash. Friends. Are you fucking telling me that you think that if you're all of a sudden saying, oh, friend sucks, Jennifer Aniston's suddenly going to be broke? No. No, she's gorgeous in her fucking 50s. That bitch can do whatever the fuck she wants and she's going to be fucking loaded. God, I still would. Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> Without question. I seriously, I would just like message Brittany real quick. Be like, babe, so Jennifer Aniston wants to blow me. Get it, baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to meet Cassandra Peterson at 67. Yeah, I still would. Jesus, God. I don't. Fuck. I want to know what demon she made a pact with. Please give me the number. Right. <laughs> it was actually the host of Tales from a Crypt. Uh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing is that it's like when people want to try and gatekeep something, I'm like, okay, real quick. I don't I don't mean to burst your bubble. You do realize you had nothing to do with the creation of this, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Just double checking. And that's what that's what undoes their psychology because they've placed their entire identity on this fandom. Well, and the funniest got nothing. Well, else. And the funniest part is we're talking about like nerd culture and all that shit. But I mean, like sports guys are the same fucking yeah, way. It's the exact same thing. They're the fucking same way. They're like, oh, yeah, so and so fucking ran for this many yards. Oh, you didn't know that. OK. Yeah, every time I see a photo of a dude with his with his finger up and his Yankees ball cap, it's like, oh, he thinks he matters. He thinks <laughs> yeah, he man, was a part of that. We won Aww. that game. What's this we shit? Did you fucking suit up for spring training? Dumb shit. Like, what the <laughs> fuck happened? Like, I fucking hate that shit. And every time, dude, my favorite thing in the world is because of how I look and everything like that. Like, if I go with my old lady and we go and, like, hang out with other couples or whatever, if the dude is super into sports and then he tries to talk to me about it, I'm like, oh, sports ball? Yeah, not so much. (laughs) Then it's, like, it's hilarious to watch his brain work and scramble to talk to me about something. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) reach, reach. What do I do? He's like, oh, you, you like punk? Yeah, I love Buck Cherry. Yeah, we're all done here. We're all fucking done here, buddy. Don't worry. It's okay. We can sit in silence. You want to smoke some weed? No, you don't smoke some weed either. Fuck, we have nothing to talk about. This is me when people come up to me because of my history and try to talk about video game culture. Yeah. I worked in the industry like video game writing for 12 years. Yeah. I ran conventions for another 10 years. Yeah. I know more than you talking to that person. I know more than you. Okay, but I'm not, I'm, no, I'm never going to. But they it. don't need to know that. Like, they want to lecture and talk and debate this shit that absolutely does not matter. Yeah. I'm like, I know more than you, and that's exactly why I don't want to talk about okay, it. Okay, I don't mean to be that guy. it doesn't fucking matter. But there is an episode of Big Bang Theory uh, where... <laughs> Mark Hamill comes on and he Mm -hmm. guest stars. And uh, so then they're trying to stall for time or something like that. And so they go, hey, does anyone have any questions about Star Wars? And then he runs off. And so they're all asking Mark Hamill these questions and he doesn't know any answers. He was like, I was just in it. You know what I mean? Like, no, I don't. I wasn't obsessed with it the whole fucking time. Uh So there's this one guy in the audience that like. So at one point somebody said something about like. So when you were on uh, Chewie's home planet, uh, you know, how did you understand them? And Luke just kind of goes, what? <laughs> like Mark Hamill's like, what? what? Like, I was on Chewie's home planet? And, like, the guy in the audience who's the fucking gatekeeping comic book nerd is just like, actually, yeah, uh, Luke was on Kashyyyk for the Christmas special whenever he brought <laughs> oh, uh, Chewie's wife home. And also then Luke just kind of sits there, or Mark Hamill just kind of sits there and just kind of like, Chewie had a wife? You know, like, <laughs> like that's the thing. Is that, like, you do realize that even the people involved in the project don't know what the fuck you're talking and about. I love like, that he's playing that part, even though he's also the guy who got on Twitter and said, hey, guys, here's the exact order of the film cut if you want to reassemble George's original cut of Star Wars and laugh at how fucking terrible it is. <laughs> this is the one that Spielberg said, this guy's a hack. You're going to drown. And then right. his wife, an Oscar award-winning editor, fixed the movie. Yeah. 
<laughs> Which God bless her for that. Jesus Marcia Christ. Lucas, the I real. did actually watch the the one you're talking about and it is fucking god awful. So because seriously, you're like in the middle of a scene and you're just kind of like, wait, how did we get here? Like, hold on. what? The, nothing fucking led up to this. Like, And then you get to the end of it and you're like, oh, it's a lot like Phantom Menace. Well, that explains a lot. That <laughs> explains some things. George uh, didn't have any help because he'd run everybody else off and convinced himself he was a genius, just like Vince McMahon. There you go. Jesus fucking Christ. It, I hate so many things about the sentence you just used. <laughs> My favorite Conan O'Brien bit ever is Harrison Ford. He's on the show yeah. because he knows Conan will sell his straight man shtick. And Jordan Shalansky comes out and he asks him a question, Big Bang style, about Indiana Jones whip. I can't remember the exact thing. It's this long, incredibly accurate and detailed, thought out thing. Right. And then Harrison just leans over and says, who fucking gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and honestly, I think if I remember right, some I didn't do any research on this, obviously, but someone told me that essentially Harrison Ford agreed to do The Force Awakens under one stipulation. Mm -hmm. He gets killed. Accurate. And they were just kind of like, wait, seriously? He goes, I'm fucking done with this shit, man. He's like, I'm done. I'm not doing this shit mm -hmm. anymore. And they were just like, well, come on, man. Like, it's been 30 years. And he goes, yeah, 30 years for you fucking people was just, <laughs> oh, we're going to make these other movies. 30 years of me getting emails and conversations with people of just like, so when you were Han Solo, did you, uh, and it's just like, dude, I don't fucking know. I just said yes to a part. Okay. Like, mm -hmm. what the fuck are you talking and about? He wanted to get killed off in Jedi and George wouldn't do it. Yeah. He was like, no, you, you're a hero at the end. He goes, I don't want to be a fucking hero. I, I want to fucking sleep at night. Like, but then he's like, this is going to follow me for. 30 years and the Weird Al songs are going to come true. And oh, then yeah. It did. And then it fucking did. It fucking did. But with, with Star Trek, though, I think what what's hilarious about the gatekeeping and, and them killing their own thing is that something kind of beautiful came of it, you mm -hmm. know, with those movies. Because, like, the third one, yeah, you said you only like the third one, I, and I get that. But at the same time, it was like, for me, not being a Star Trek fan mm -hmm. and just being like, well... I don't really know what else to watch. I'll watch this fucking movie. And then I watched it and I was like, ooh, maybe I'm into Star Trek now because this is kind of fucking awesome. And to be fair, if it hadn't brought people back in, Picard would have never happened. Oh, yeah. Dis like, I mean, you didn't like it, but Discovery wouldn't have happened. Picard, no. like the continuation of the culture that they are going to be gatekeepers about. You know what I mean? And like, to be perfectly fair, I don't hate the first Abrams movie, the mm. first Star Trek. I don't hate it. I actually really liked James Kirk's uh origin story him driving the car off the clip oh yeah family. I'm to like, this day I, I can't listen to beastie boys uh sabotage without being like <laughs> i get like little chills mm -hmm. because like that kid steals a car and is like driving just cranks that fucking he's ah and i'm like yeah motherfucker get it i'm like wow i feel you so hard right now <laughs> no, right i was like yo how do they get all this footage of me as a kid like what's happening like that's <laughs> but, but like, like whenever they're whenever like you know, in the third one, whenever he, they're like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna jam these frequencies," and then when they can't communicate, they'll just they'll run into each other, they'll blow up. All right, how are we gonna do that? And she goes, "All right, I'm gonna pick a, a screaming, shouting beat song," and she picks "Sabotage." Well, as soon as that starts, so it just good. zooms in on his face, and he goes, "Huh, good choice." <laughs> I get, I just got chills thinking about that because it was just such. A solid fucking scene. And they're pulling it from the classical selection. Yeah. I'm oh, what like, is this? Classical music? Like, <laughs> you know, like, like whenever uh, Simon Pegg is on the show with her and he's like, wow, this is very loud. And she's like, I like the beats and shouting. <laughs> Simon Pegg wrote that movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. And I'm just And Simon like, Pegg is a god among nerds. Yes, like, he, is. he was in Force Awakens. He was the, the pawn guy. The What is his fucking name? Uh, we're going to get an email. 
<laughs> We're gonna get a fucking email about this. I can't remember the character's name, but he's the fat guy that was that Ray was selling parts to mm-hmm. on her planet. Yeah, that's Simon Pegg in costume. I did not know that. Then he was also in Star Trek. He had his own thing of the Cornetto series, which was fucking incredible. Which was Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Fan fucking tastic trilogy of movies. His original project, Spaced, was a show. Uh, in England in like the 90s somewhere around there and it was essentially like back whenever it was still kind of taboo to be a nerd you know what I mean like mm-hmm. everyone was still going to make fun of you and give you shit and everything but he kind of showed the the cooler side of it the kind that it was just kind of like yeah but we still smoke weed we still mm-hmm. like partake in drugs and go party and shit like that like, and probably have way better conversations <laughs> we probably have a lot more fun because we got nothing to prove to you like <laughs> but like Simon Pegg to me is has has been a fucking genius and is a fucking genius to this day like even the ones that really didn't do that well in the box office that he did even like whether it was with Nick Frost and Edgar Wright or not fucking fantastic every fucking time I can't get over it sometimes it kind of mm-hmm. it haunts me I'm just kind of like all right you're talking about earlier Elvira what deal she made with the devil I'm like <laughs> hey Simon Pegg what deal did you make with Rottenberry at some point <laughs> where you are god among <laughs> among geeks like but like with with Star Trek especially like like we were saying like the whole geek thing that was kind of like the stereotype of geeks was let me guess you like Star Trek mm-hmm. like that was the easiest one to make fun of really yeah. so you can kind of get it almost that they would gatekeep a little bit and yeah. kind of be like no 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 I took a lot of shit for this like yeah I, I can understand where the psychology came from but yeah at the same time it's it's also like y'all are what seventy right <laughs> <laughs> well and I mean uh, I guess. We can't really speak too much about, like, I understand the psychology because these days Marvel villains mm. tend to kind of have a lot of really spot on thoughts about why they're doing what they're doing. <laughs> no, like uh, Thanos really made a lot of sense to me. You know what I mean? Like and that that really scared me for a bit because that guy committed genocide. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, well, he did say. <laughs> and then you try to drive home and you're like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Yeah, right. Like he was right. <laughs> I'm going to snap right now. All of you go, ah, fucking shit. (laughs) But like, I mean, I think that's the part that really kind of proves to you that you're, that you're growing as a person that you're growing up and maturing is whenever you start realizing that it is not that easy to be the hero, you know what I mean? Because those heroes, they like in every one of those Marvel movies back in the comics and all the way back, you know what I mean? Any one of those heroes, they've always got that decision of this would be easier but this is what's right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's everyone, of course, when we were kids was just kind of like, why would you be a villain when you can be a hero? It's just like so fucking easy. That decision is so easy. The villain always loses. You're- and then you get older and you realize they don't always lose. I- Sometimes they win extravagantly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not always Skeletor. It's not. <laughs> also, the Kevin Smith continuation of that. Oh, my God. So good. Really? Mm-hmm. I heard the opposite. Some I'm people only, were saying it sucked. They hate it because without... It's too recent. I won't spoil it. But, like, you get a bait and switch, but the only thing you're being bait and, baited and switched is that, oh, they're going to treat these cartoon characters like actual complex characters and let them deal with some human drama here. Right. Like, they throw a swerve, and it undoes itself later, but it's... Well, but I mean, like... I mean, come on, like... Here's the other thing, too. Speaking, you know, with Kevin Smith, like, he kind of got the fucking short end of the fucking stick... Because this guy is just making movies about 
nerds, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. This is the actual culture of nerds, okay? We're into stuff and everything, but our lives are not going well. Like, mm-hmm. like quick stop. You know what I mean? Does that look like a fucking job that, that he's going to continue for years and years and years and years? No, but he's a fucking nerd, and he has a 20-minute conversation about Star Wars and the the gravity of how many people died on the Death Star. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, What? Like that was, and then he continues doing that, and he gets famous for doing that. And then he decides, okay, I'm done. I'm not doing this shit anymore. They all freak out, and he goes, no, no I want to try something else. And they go, no, 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 make one more. And then he makes Zach and Mary make a porno because he thinks, okay, well, the 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 horizon has changed. You know, things are different now. So he essentially tries to make a Judd Apatow movie. But he's Kevin Smith. So everyone was just like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And then he gets all this shit. And it's like, you're the motherfuckers that told him to do it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then so now he's just like, fuck it. I'm going to make whatever I want to make mm-hmm. and fuck all of you. And honestly, I have never respected the man more. <laughs> Same. I'm just like, dude, fuck him. Fuck all those gatekeeping pieces that, of shit. That, that he man, that's a good story. It's a, he took, he took something one dimensional, did something great with it. Yeah. But, um, also, it's finally got the magical boy transformation sequence. <laughs> he goes full Sailor Moon. No, that's not what they're mad about. No one even mentioned that. I thought it's what it was. Because nerds can be that one dimension. Oh, yeah. Toxic. No, I saw that and my heart was happy. It's like, cool, Sailor Moon, He-Man, He-Man's older. Finally, that, I feel like a, some healings happen there. There you go. But they're really just mad because they told a really good story. Then they treat these like actual humans. Well, yeah, because like I think there is a part of your your psyche that just wants something not to change from yeah. your childhood, and I and I understand that. But at the same trophy. time, the fucking cartoon is still out there, dude. Like, if you really want to, go fucking watch that. Mm-hmm. But no, like, no. a continuation of a story is not supposed to stay the same. No, that's the whole point. Stories have uh, ups, downs, middle parts. You can't keep the story going in a fucking plateau mm-hmm. for decades and not expect people to lose interest. That's yeah. not a thing. And like he, he man was my first cartoon ever. Like yeah. Battle cat was my first toy. So I'm looking at this and it's like, Oh wow. Y'all are really hating on this because it tried to assume that you're an adult now and can tell an adult story. How with dare they characters. assume that you're an adult, you piece of shit. <laughs> exactly. like, God damn. But that's the thing. Like uh, that's exactly what we've been talking about this whole time. That it's just kind of like, listen, don't perpetuate your bullshit. Onto someone that worked hard. Like, they think that they made this in a day or something. Like, this mm-hmm. has been years in some cases of grueling, like, meetings and, and and pitches and all kinds of shit. Like, there are people that work their asses off to make these projects happen. You can at least give them the respect mm-hmm. of not hating it before it comes out. Like, Jesus Christ. There are things that, like, they haven't even hit theaters or anything yet. And people are like, sucks, bro. This sucks. It's like, yeah. it hasn't come out yet. Fuck you! Like, yeah, it's it's hate watching culture. It's just like you're so negative inside. You've got to have a reason to hate it before you've even seen it. It's oh like yeah, the Cruella movie. Oh my god, man! People were fucking hating on that from the word go. I'm I, like, mm. dude, I think it's gonna be awesome. I still haven't seen it, by the way, but I, I've heard that it's. I've heard all kinds of reviews to the point of like there were some that were just like, I am mad that I even pay seven dollars a month. For Disney Plus, because this is garbage! Like, uh-huh. it's just like, dude, um, simmer down, uh, stop angry masturbating, and just kind of fucking <laughs> hang out, have a breather, maybe an Aquafina, and you just, you know, mm-hmm. go fuck yourself. So, the thing, though, is it, it, those people, I feel like, got in their heads that that's the only way that they're going to be interesting. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not cool to like everything. It's not mm-hmm. cool. Like, nobody likes that guy. And I'm like, um, I like plenty of those people. 
Because why wouldn't I? They like mm-hmm. everything, which means they probably like me. Like that's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so interesting because like so many of them want to be a critic. And like yeah. someone who's done that job, no, you don't. No, you fucking no, you don't. Because every it doesn't matter how you critique anything, someone's gonna hate you for it. Mm-hmm. Literally, someone somewhere is gonna hate. And you. as you do that job, you're reprogramming your psyche to criticize everything as you do it. So you're gonna start instinctively looking at everything like yeah. that, and it takes so long to fucking beat that out of yourself. Well, and someone like not too long ago, so Shang Chi just came out, mm-hmm. uh, Legend of the Ten Rings, Marvel movie, Marvel origin story. And it's an origin story of a character that not a lot of people even remember from the comics. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. I don't remember this guy. Like, I don't I don't think I've read many of the comics about him or anything like that. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm pretty fucking stoked. I'm going to go watch this movie. I get on Facebook the day it comes out, and there's a post from this guy that's just like, Shang-Chi sucks. It's one of the worst fucking Marvel movies ever made. I have no idea why they greenlit this. Very next post was, Shang-Chi is one of the greatest fucking movies ever made. Mm -hmm. Not just Marvel, but movies. Cinema, celebrate. And I was like, holy shit, Mm -hmm. welcome to America. Like, that is literally. (laughs) Like, I was watching pro wrestling this week, AEW, because I can't watch WWE anymore. I hope it dies. Right. Um, But, uh, and it might. (laughs) But I was watching it, and CM Punk comes back, his first match in seven years. And this is after seven years of people chanting his name as a protest at every single show. Because of why he left. They stamped the creativity out of him. They stamped the passion out of him. Right. Like, he kind of got in some big shit for getting a microphone and being able to say whatever the fuck yeah. he wanted you for know, a while, right? The whole point of pro wrestling. Yeah. Promos, <laughs> speaking your mind. Being yourself. The exploitation of human personality. Right. And they chant his name for seven years. He comes back as an amazing match. Immediately, people are like, fucking sellout, man. He came back. I'm like, oh, my God. Why are you here? <laughs> Why are you here? What a sellout. <laughs> what, a fu- what a fucking shitty term. And not only that, I don't think a lot of people understand that term. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, sellout. It's like, okay, the fact that they made money from doing what they wanted to do does not make them a sellout. No. A sellout is someone that tries to do something but then changes their entire persona and what they are doing in order to make more money. Exactly. Like, don't fucking sit there like, oh, Kevin Smith's a sellout. Dude, he's the opposite of a sellout. He started making money. Y'all wanted him to change shit. Mm-hmm. And he was already do the same thing. And he goes, nope, fuck that. And he changed shit and made less money because he wanted to be creative and do his own thing. And he's always stayed true to that. Oh, yeah. And he's like, fuck you, dude. Like, I don't fucking care. Like, hate me all you want. I'm a nerd. Like, do you think I know, this is the first time someone has hated me for my opinion? <laughs> he named his daughter Harley Quinn. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is that it's like there are things that suck. Sure. Like what we we're talking about. First Suicide Squad movie. What a garbage fest garbage. that was. But we gave it a shot is the thing. Yeah. We saw a, it and informed an opinion like yeah. you do. You're allowed to change your opinion after a certain point. You can't be that guy that's just kind of like, I'm right all the time. Because then you're not going to grow. No. You're never going to grow from that. Like, if you think you're right all the time, there's no growth. You were just going to be the same sad sack piece of shit that you were 10 fucking years ago. Like, I have friends that I, to this day, when I run into them, I'm like, hey, cool, see ya. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to have a conversation with you because I know how this conversation is going to go. You're going to tell me all about how life sucks. Yeah, fuck that. Let's get wasted. Which, I mean, that part, cool. Let's do that. <laughs> but, you know, like, dude, you pick that job. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The one that you're bitching and moaning about that it still sucks. Yeah, you're still there. You made that decision. Yeah, and it's a psychological element. Even if you don't believe in all the occult shit and the witchcraft shit, which I absolutely do, your <laughs> words have power and you're programming your own reality when you're just constantly negative like that. And oh, it's yeah. It's just going to keep continuing and continuing. Well, and like I said, they think that the, that makes them interesting, that that makes them like, oh, well, he's... If he hates everything, he must have some strong opinions, which means he knows what he's talking about. Motherfucker, no. He just said this sucks. That's not an opinion. That's no. Tell me why it sucked. Go ahead. You just well, it just sucked, bro. The microphone. Yeah, it's just fucking. Well, why did it suck? It just sucked. That's not a fucking reason. Yeah. I can tell you right now, the reason Suicide Squad sucked was because that story was edited like shit. Yep. It focused too much on Will Smith's wah wah wah. Yep. And even better, the dialogue in some cases was so god awful. What are we, some kind of suicide squad? <laughs> he said it. He said the he thing. He said the thing. Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, come on. Like, you guys hype this fucking thing up. We thought we were going to see a whole new interpretation of the Joker from Jared Leto. Um, you know, all this different shit. But the problem was that it tried so hard to be Dark Knight Joker. Like, he tried so hard to be, like, mm-hmm. I'm eccentric and crazy. It's like, dude, you don't have to tell us. We saw Requiem. We're good. <laughs> like, we know you're weird. We're moving on. Like, you get it. You mailed a fish to your co-stars. And they were like, who the fuck is this asshole? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, can you imagine being a millionaire? It's like, there's a fish in my mail, and it's going to be on the news tomorrow. Fucking great. <laughs> but that's the thing is that it's like, dude, we're, we're so prone to it, though. Like like we were talking about video games, fucking shows, sports, fucking yeah. anything. We're so prone to being like, no, 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 but I know more than you, so don't talk to me. Yeah, it's a psychology trap we create for ourselves. It's fucking stupid. I don't understand it. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I know a lot about, but I'm not going to sit there and be a dick to you if you know less than me. Mm-hmm. I know more about cooking than I think most things. Mm-hmm. And so, like, but if someone's like, hey, can you teach me how to cook? I'm not going to be like, well, let me show you how to make this. And it's just like this extravagant, like, French dish that takes, like, hours of prep work and a lot of different shit. I can do it, sure, but I'm not going to show you how to do that and to try and fucking show off. It'll be like, all right, cool. You want me to show you how to cook? All right. Let's make fresh pasta. It's easy. Uh, I can show you. I can, And I'll show you one time, and I, I guarantee you, you'll make it for the rest of your life. It's mm-hmm. fucking great. Because... Why the fuck would I want them to feel bad about asking me to help them? Mm -hmm. I don't understand that psychology at all. It doesn't. It's like, and I know there's a priority difference here, but like when people talk to me about video game history and they want to explain like, like if if you want to talk about the programming of a game, I want to explore the psychology of the person who wrote it because even the way people write code is different from themselves or the artistic vision that went into the music or whatever. And from the world I come from, you'll just have people who I'll ask them, why do you hate the game? Because I can't jerk it off to this furry. (laughs) And I'm just like, okay, I got nothing against furries. They police their community. They take care of their own. They run out the scumbags. But you're 42 and you're still jerking it off to cartoon characters. I'm not going to judge you, but also maybe sit down with someone, maybe have some pro time, you know, some couch time, have some fun, you know, really bring out the old shit. Like when you got kidnapped at a Kroger's, that's fine. That's fine. Just talk it out, man. But like with, with, like we were talking about like with, with Star Trek and everything like Mm -hmm. that, especially, you know, with gatekeeping at the same time, we're, we also were talking about, there are the good ones out Mm -hmm. there that are just kind of like, fuck yeah, man, you never watched it, man. It's fuck. it's worth the time. And if you don't think so, that's cool too. Yeah. Who fucking cares? It's TV, man. Like it's fantasy. It's supposed to be fun. We sci-fi dude. That is the whole point of sci-fi is, Hey, life sucks. We're going to go ahead and give you a little bit of escapism for a little bit. 
up top. Moving on. All right, you got work tomorrow. <laughs> Go to bed, bitch. Like that's <laughs> like I don't understand the fucking the the mentality towards shit like that, and I don't. I don't. I just don't get it. I really don't. But as far as because you know that is, this is the whole point of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as with Deep Space Nine. Why is it that you picked that one? I know you said that it kind of had like its points that you really held on to and everything like that. But is it because it was such a psychological aspect of Star Trek or or what is it that makes it your favorite? It was my fa- when I when I was growing up and I was watching it, I was the only person who liked it. My parents didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, their parents' friends didn't like it. So it was yours. Yeah, it was mine and I understood what it was trying to tell me. Right. It was I understand, even to an extent, because Dad watched so many war movies. I understood right. all the World War II analogies that were coming in with the Cardassians and the Bajorans and the Nazi concentration camps and the freedom fighters and the illusions of terrorism. It's like, yeah, yeah. okay, cool. So we know Kieran Norris is a terrorist by definition. She's right. also a freedom fighter, but that is a very blurry line. And sometimes you do some fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. And she did a lot of fucked up shit. <laughs> and it never paints her as a caricature. It never paints her as. A black and white, you know, right. there's a reason that show could have never worked after September 11th because the narrative shifted. And now everything's black and white. again. Yeah, that show was never black and white. It was never um, absolutionist. Yeah. Well, and I think what's really funny to me is that it's like, OK, terrorist, you say that word and people freak the fuck out. I'm like, you mm-hmm. do realize that the same fucking religion that you are following has had its fucking share of terrorists. Mm-hmm. But because it was from your ideology and everything like that, you don't want to word it that way. And so that's no. the thing. That's exactly what we're talking about with like the, the Marvel villains and shit like that. They're making too much sense now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that's the thing is like, I have seen a couple episodes of Deep Space Nine and there were some points in dialogue that I was kind of like, I had to pause because I'm too high for that. You know what I mean? I'm like, that made way too much fucking sense for me to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, that was great. There was this character. What's her name? Kai Wen. She's a spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. And she ascends to the throne, basically, basically their president. And she's incredibly hardline. She is fundamentalist. The, she's the, a Republican. Basically. <laughs> the aliens in the wormhole, the quote-unquote prophets, they're really non-dimensional, non-corporeal beings who are just as confused about these humanoids as we are about them. Okay. They worship them. And they have these traditional, very allusions to real-world mainstream religion beliefs about them. Right. And it's contorted and it's one-dimensional when you're surrounded by characters who are anything but. And it shows you exactly what they are. But the illusions between those characters and the people we see around us, religious leaders, cultists, politicians, usually want all three at the same time <laughs> normally it's, that's pretty much the same dude and yeah. you know what i mean it's like so heavy-handed you look at that and you understand it and it painted that picture so broadly i saw it and it opened my mind up so that shit would never work on me right and everyone else i knew especially my parents looked at it and they hated it because they it was questioning their view because well, it pointed something think. out that they didn't want to think about you know what i mean like mm-hmm. the entire point of healthy dose of hell with joe is that me and him are talking about the dark shit because y'all don't want to talk about it mm-hmm. we were going to do just a serial killer podcast and then we're just kind of like well no let's do it let's do it right let's do something real Mm -hmm. let's make them think about it like let's make them think about the fact that it doesn't matter what you bring up to us there is a dark part to that and Mm -hmm. i think the thing that you're really telling me here on deep space nine is that it's like it's kind of showing that mirror that societal mirror like yes okay we're gonna paint this as a sci-fi show but as soon as you start watching it you're gonna realize no 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 no. we use this as a way to show you this is all happening around you 
in a different way, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no black hole or anything around Earth. Oh, God, I hope. Uh, but, like, at the same time, it's kind of one of those things that it's like, I love when they can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, have you watched the Orville at all? Yes, not, not a lot. Fucking but en- love that enough show. Enough to know that Seth MacFarlane understands Star Trek better than Paramount. Oh yeah, and not only that, like I just the the way to describe it, the way that I described it, what it is, it is quintessential television sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And it, since it's from the the mind of Seth MacFarlane, there are some of the funniest mm-hmm. fucking dialogue points. It's incredible. Norm Macdonald plays a gelatinous alien <laughs> character. That's the happiest thing. It, it's so fucking great, dude. It's 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 genuinely one of my. It's it's kind of like you know one of those things that exactly what you're talking about. It's like no one else has been watching that, so that's mine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I watch the Orville, and I'm just kind of like. Really wish I had someone to talk to about this. Other than I don't want to do it online because fuck, like we were just talking about, like you're gonna bring up something, and be like that was really funny, and so we're like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> that's the thing is that like I don't even want to get online with opinions anymore. You know, it's but like, like, oh god, here comes real world Peter Griffin, right? <laughs> well, and then like so, even in Orville, it, it goes through things like you know. Uh, time travel and things like that. So she makes a different decision, which leads to an entire like breakdown of the galactic, you know, uh, 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 hierarchy around them. Like mm-hmm. entire wars broke out simply because she chose not to go out with this guy again or something like that. Like even shit like that. Like, you know, you look at it and like, oh, that's a classic sci-fi archetype and things like that. But at the same time, it also kind of points out that it's like, you do realize that every little decision that you make affects tomorrow. So, Take your fucking decision seriously. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and then even in the Orville, in the the society of the Orville, they have synthesizers now. They can synthesize food. They can synthesize clothing. All that shit. So money no longer a thing. Status is now why you work hard and things like that. And but you don't have to worry about like I'm not going to starve. And that kind of points out that it's like you do realize that if that were to happen and synthesizers were a thing, only the rich would have them in yep. our current culture. Like, pointing shit like that out makes people uncomfortable, but I think it should. Because you're pointing out that the future is always going to be somewhere between The Hunger Games and Mad Max. Yeah. I love the the optimism of the Orville and Star Trek and (laughs) Star Wars and all that. They're just like, yeah, the worst thing that's happening is that there's a a civil war going on. It's like, eh. That is the exact reason I fell in love with Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Because Roddenberry died right at the beginning of its production, and his ethos was, humans don't have these conflicts anymore. We've risen above it. Bull fucking shit we have. <laughs> DS9 was the first show to be like, no, these are still people. This we're, is going to still happen. We're not going to do the scapegoat of, oh, these, the white Aryan ascended humans are going to you know be above this, and the Ferengis right. are going to be the dumb capitalists. No, you're all shit, and now yeah. you're all mingling on a space station where we're really going to get to know why you're shit well and i love it they'll be like oh well, well no we're talking about a hundred years in the future a hundred so i mean by then we'll have it figured out i'm like i'm sorry you know what it was a hundred years ago something a little like more than a hundred years ago was something called slavery you remember it okay mm-hmm. cool because it is still fucking affected our sociological like it, I, I, we're not doing this we're not we're not doing this because <laughs> i swear to god then it's going to be a three hour long episode like that we can't do this uh but that's the thing is that it's like it's great to have that optimism and hope mm-hmm. because we need it. When, yes. And I mean, that's what we're fighting for. If you don't have that hope, then what's the point? But if you don't ground that hope, it becomes propaganda. There you go. Fuck around, man. <laughs> you know what? Let's go ahead and fucking wrap it up there because holy shit, that was a great fucking point. Well done, sir. Well done, sir. So uh, real quick, though, just we're going to do the, the final things. So Flip City Pinball, uh, where can they catch that? Twitch.tv slash Flip City. Okay. And so you said about two times a week. 
for now, and then we're, we're going to grow up from there, and we're streaming the Max at Starlight, at Whittier, at my okay. warehouse, wherever we want. There you go. Fuck yeah, dude. And then so, uh, but as far as Deep Space Nine, I, I feel like I know your answer, but bingeable, yeah? Yes. Totally it bingeable? Be. There's a documentary you should look up on YouTube, too, called What We Left Behind. Okay. Um, because the legacy of DS9 has been shit on for so many years for all the reasons we've covered. Right. Its history is just rewritten to people, and they don't even know what it is, because it's just, it's the black sheep of Paramount, it's the black sheep of Star Trek. Right. But it's also the single most interesting piece of sci-fi from that era you could watch. It does make total sense, though, that two black sheep sitting here would be talking about the black <laughs> sheep <laughs> of the Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> Well, that worked out really well, actually. That is the Enterprise. Uh. <laughs> like, even without watching the show, watch that documentary because it's produced by their lead writer and all the cast were involved. And mm-hmm. it gives the most heartfelt explanation of what that show tried to accomplish. They even criticized themselves for the things they could have pushed and gotten away with and didn't, yeah. which is not a lot. <laughs> like, that show had, Jesus, uh, one of the most high-profile uh, lesbian makeout scenes of the 90s. Oh, that's fantastic. Two of them, two of them, actually. Well, good one for One of them. them a little more fetishy, one of them just honest and real. Okay, see, yeah, that was, uh, that was going to be my next question. It's kind of like, okay, are we talking, like, the movie Wild Things, or it's just this fucking no, the, the porno first scene? One, the or... first one's like a real human moment, and it's beautiful, and my mom lost her shit, and I was like, oh, how quaint and beautiful. And then the <laughs> second one is in the mirror universe, where it's all the cartoon evil versions just making it. I was like, yeah, y'all are going to go have an orgy on a Klingon battle cruiser later. Okay, so you sold me on this show. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you had before then, but this really was the last... Okay, cool. I'll go watch that. Uh, but, like, so, sub-question, too. Do you have to have seen the original Star Trek in no. order to understand Deep Space Not Nine? Or? Okay. Not at all. Is that streaming on anything? Um, Yes. It's floating around. I can't remember what. Okay, but it is, you do, it is streaming somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then, uh, so, I mean, I guess final question. Did you have fun? Yes. This is the most fun I've had in front of a microphone in a long fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, dude. When, uh, like I said, so we'll, we'll wait a little while. Like, give it some time. Then we'll have you on again. And Yay. maybe we'll do like, uh, you know, like you want to do something wrestling related or anything like that. Yeah. Or fuck it. We'll do another Star Trek. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> if I, it's your fucking call. I think that's the part that I need to reiterate to a lot of people because I get messages about it and everything. I don't decide what show we talk about because <laughs> I keep getting messages that it's like, you all should talk about this show. And I'm like, I'll relay that to the next guest, I guess. I don't really. <laughs> but like the guest comes on and y'all choose what it is. And I I get messages from guests, actually, that are just kind of like, this is really cool that you just let me pick what I want to talk about. I was like, that's the whole point of the fucking yeah, show, dude. Wonderful. I fucking love it, man. I'm like, why would I want you to come on here and talk about something you're not wanting to talk about? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. fuck around, dude. Who gives a shit? But uh, Lucas DeWoody, dude, absolute fucking pleasure to have you on. Fabulous. Yay! So check out Flip City Pinball on Twitch. Uh, Like he said, he records at the Max, the Starlight, the Whittier, all of these bars that we uh, frequent. And we hope you do, too, because I swear to God, those are some of the best bars, not just in Tulsa, but that I've been to. And I've been to a lot. Same. (laughs) And so please go check out these. We've had Lynn Robertson on. Uh, We are in talks. I don't want to jinx anything. We are in talks with getting Majda onto the show and, <laughs> and talking about the Max and working at arcades and things like that. And she's been there for over 10 years now. And so, like, mm-hmm. you know, she has all the stories. I would take a bullet for all of those people you listed. Absolutely. Fucking heartbeat. I wouldn't even think about it, really. Nope. Because, like, Lynn Robertson, especially, is just one of those, like, over the top loving people that it's just kind of like. When she asks, are you okay? She actually means, mm-hmm. are you okay? And Maj is the same way. You know what same. I mean? Like, they're kind of one of those people that it's like, once you're in their wheelhouse, you, that's it. Like, you you that's are family. fucking family then. 
And so, but we're going to try and get Majda on and all that shit. And so, uh, <laughs> you'll probably come up in that in that episode too. So that's Wee. fun. Uh, but yeah, check out Flip City Pinball. And of course, uh, as always, if you want to email the podcast, it is bingepodcast918 at gmail.com. If you want to tell us, hey, you're doing a good job, or hey, go fuck yourself. That's <laughs> cool too. I don't give a shit. Freedom of speech. <laughs> but also, I reserve the right to send an email back of my business. So, <laughs> did I tell you about the fuck you email? Uh-uh. Uh, it's come up on the show a couple times. I don't know if maybe we're getting lo- new listeners or anything like that, but essentially I got an email in the binge podcast and it, the <laughs> subject line was fuck you. <laughs> and so of course I opened it. And then in the body, the only thing it said, fuck you. I go, Oh, he got me twice. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, I love every one of you and there's nothing you can do about it. Okay. We'll see you next week guys. And I will be here next week because my brain is better now. Wee. <laughs> Love you guys.